the more you play with people, the more you get used to their position, you get used to their movements, and obviously you build chemistry. Did it take long to build the chemistry with Shane Walsh then? No, didn't take long at all. <laughs> Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Off the ball daily. And you're welcome to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. Happy New Year. What a year we have ahead. A Rugby World Cup, a Women's Football World Cup, the All-Irelands, the conclusion of the Premier League season, the Champions League final and chances of Irish success in golf's majors. We'll be looking ahead on the Saturday panel from half one, a full preview of the year in sport with predictions and views from three special guests on what they like to see in Irish sport as well this year. And Football Saturday is always between three and five. Graeme Gartland joining Dan McDonnell and Johnny Ward this week as we discuss all the hot topics and bring you the latest from the FA Cup third round. 53106, number of your texts. If you want to share your opinions with us when it comes to sport or if you have any questions for our guests during the show, you can also tweet us at Off the Ball as always. Aidan Delaney, Wexford's finest, is in studio with me. The FA Cup taking centre stage. How are you, Aidan? I'm not too bad, thanks, John. Yourself? Not too bad. Happy New Year to you. You too. So, were you an FA Cup man when you were young? I was. I was just chatting to you off air a little bit. The first final I really remember was the uh, 2005 one. Now, I was watching football for a bit before that, but I remember that United-Arsenal uh, game and going to the penalties and stuff like that. But, I mean, 2006 as a Liverpool fan was the, the big one for me and the, the Gerrard West Ham. West Ham. and In Cardiff. Uh, Lionel Scaloni, he went on to do uh, some nice things as well there recently. So, uh, yeah, the Paul Koncheski, the kind of cross shot and the, the two Gerrard goals. There, That's kind of the big final that stands out for me. But I was actually just looking at a couple of the finals there from the last kind of 10 years there was a couple of Arsenal ones I don't even remember uh, there was the Manchester City one where they beat Watford 6-0 I mean does that really feel like an FA Cup final I think it's a bit of a blur isn't it yeah I think that was the one played with no crowd as well so it's it, it's an odd one and uh, it's it's great to see that the com- competition is back and it's it's nice you know we're watching Gillingham on, t- on television here when's the last time you know anybody watched Gillingham on television so it's it's nice to get to see these kind of smaller clubs and to to kind of give them the, their day in the sun but um, for you know fans of the, the bigger the bigger clubs in England I suppose uh, you don't really pay attention to the FA Cup until about kind of March time really Yeah I think the interest for us today on Football Saturday will be the Irish players involved in the FA Cup and um, if there's any shocks as well as Spurs involved at, at lunchtime and Crystal Palace Southampton as well with Gavin Bazzuni and goal for the Saints and I think I suppose the talking point out of last night is just more pressure on Frank Lampard and Everton and I don't know where it's going to go, Everton. I, I think the club has been very badly run. Um, it's a mess. Uh, they could go down. They're not too big to fail. And Frank Lampard, I don't know how long he's going to be there for, Aiden. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll hear from him very shortly as well. He was coming out being a bit defiant after after a, a better performance against United. And that's the thing about Everton. They can kind of raise their performances against the bigger teams. And when they're kind of motivated to try, you know, nick a point off of somebody or to, you know, really, I mean, it was 3-1 last night, but it really should have been 2-1. There was that last minute penalty and stuff. But, I mean, it's... We often talk about how you know you need to raise your levels against the bigger teams, but in the Premier League, there's an awful lot of teams that should be not as good as Everton, and they're the teams that they quite struggle against. It's you know it's all well and good kind of nicking a point off Tottenham or you know getting a, a good result against Manchester City every now and again, but it's the the you know the Crystal Palaces, the Brightons, the Southamptons, they're the teams you need to beat to establish yourself as a proper Premier League team, and then to kind of you can kind of build on it from there. And it, right now. Everton are kind of in that position where Liverpool were a couple of years ago where they can kind of throw themselves about against the bigger teams but not get results against the teams they're expected to beat and that's not a great place to be and they're currently sitting 18th in the league and Frank Lampard could be heading out the door. He's coming out fighting though anyway. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's where we'll start our news round because he, he says he feels the fans are still on his side despite uh, suffering that FA Cup exit at the hands of Manchester United last night. Connor Cody scoring in both nets as Tottenham fell to a 3-1 defeat in the third round clash. It heaps more pressure on the former England international, but speaking to the media post-match, Lampard says he's still the man to turn things around. I think the reaction from the end of the game probably speaks of how they saw the game because I think they saw that um, spirit of the team and um, the way we played and, uh, and I think they saw that we deserved to get a result and, um, and that's, a good, that's good for the players to see because a lot of people want to focus on difficult nights and what does the crowd think and how are they on those nights. I think today was a show that fans will respect when you give everything for the club. We had a lot of that last season and early parts of this season. Recently, when our form at Goodison has not been so good in the last two or three games, it's been tough. But at the same time, the players have to play through that and play out of that. Sometimes you cannot control that fact a day like today. Other days, you have to hold your hands up if you get beaten by Brighton and say, yeah, the goals weren't good enough defensively. Those things today, I can't say that about the players. Rashford's, nobody can stop Rashford when he does what he does a couple of times tonight and it changes the game. Um, but do we need a win? Yeah, for sure, because people will love the, and this many wins, and this, or this many losses and this many games. The reality is, for me is just clear. We're in a relegation battle. We were in one for the most part of last season and we're in one again. And then we just have to fight to try and get out of it. Um, and that's just where we're at at this point. Yeah, it, it, it was. I don't know what exactly the reason you know, that relates to the goal or anything, but the, when you, you've got to be as diligent as we are in a game like that and put in continuous work ethic and one of my messages at half-time was, was the midfield three have to shift and get across and not allow spaces around the edge of the box for Fernandes to pop into. So that, that message and that other has got to continue and when a player comes off and you've quickly got to get a player on, especially that next five minutes or so, like it's understandable that you know, there might be a, a few tweaks and unfortunately it fell in that period. Well, no, no, you can't enjoy defeat, um, but you can, you can certainly, uh, it's, it's better more for the players than for me, really, because I, I think a lot gets said of, you know, Goodison the other night and how it became a difficult environment to play in, um, but it's good for the players to understand that when they give everything, even in defeat, there's a certain respect to the fans and all, all of them were, were uh, appreciating the players' performance. So it was good to stay there for a moment and uh, what we need to do is give them that feeling with results. Will O'Callaghan, Offaly's finest, is in studio with us as well. Happy New Year to you, Will. Yeah, many happy returns, lads. And the Lampard, Gerrard, Axis, all that kind of thing would suggest to me that just because you're a great player doesn't mean you're going to become a great coach. Now, to be fair, he doesn't have the best hand at Everton. But when you look what Eddie Howe's doing at Newcastle, mm. you do see a bit of a difference there. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously from Stephen Gerrard's point of view, he has to regroup after losing his job yeah. at Aston Villa. I wonder... With Frank Lampard, I mean, the Everton fans' frustrations, John, have been at the board as opposed to being... Mashiri, yeah. And this has been a long slump for them. And look, they're in a terrible position with financial fair play, particularly around their financials. And you're thinking over this month, Everton probably can't do a huge amount of transfer business. It's all about staying up a bit like last year and ensuring that they have the Premier League money going into next season. And like last night was one of those games where you weren't expecting Everton to win, given that run the Manchester United are on. And when you saw Manchester United pick a strong team ahead of the game as well, I don't think any Everton supporters would have expected a victory. But now it's back to the Premier League and very much with the group of players they have, they should be more than good enough to stay up in the Premier League. But it looks like a second season in a row where they're going to be flirting with the bottom three. Last year, I thought Lampard actually did a reasonably good job in the second half of the season with Everton to keep them up um, because things look reasonably bleak after they lost the game, particularly against Burnley. And he had to rally them late in the season. So we're still learning a little bit about Frank Lampard. I think still his teams struggle defensively, particularly around set pieces. And I wonder if slowly but surely Frank Lampard might come to the realisation that he needs good specialist coaches around him 
with Everton as well, I know a lot of their supporters have been questioning the effort and application from some of the players. And it's a repeat to see Seamus Coleman go into the autumn and into the winter of his career around a team who are failing so badly currently. Irish Toffees, get in touch, 53106, whatever solutions you might have to Everton's predicament at the moment. Uh, Aidan was just speaking before he came in there, Will, about like the 05 and 06 finals and his early memories of the FA Cup and as a Liverpool fan enjoying the win in Cardiff against West Ham yourself. You're from the other Red Persuasion. Was it 96, the big one for you, Eric Cantona? I think everyone probably watched that final. That was an absolute rotter of a final, but a fantastic Eric Cantona winner. But I think everyone in school was glued to it because of um, Liverpool's cream suits, as I recall, going into Wembley that day. Spice Boys. Spice Boys. And also the fact that United were going for a double. I think the most memorable cup finals, uh, Aidan's right, Cardiff was just a really good run of finals. Uh, Going back to the Arsenal-Liverpool game. Michael Owen, yeah. I remember there. Oh, won the Ballon d'Or. And then, after that there seemed to be just a string of good finals with the exception of I think United had a very one-sided one against Millwall but outside of that we had lots of excitement even the penalty Do you remember the last few years or just a blur now? Um, ah, no I do remember them I mean again I'm a sucker for this weekend where you've got the third round ties and obviously all the managers have been asked this weekend because of the discussions around the restructuring of English football Scrapping the whether replays. they would like replays to be gone I think some of them will be terribly lost for the lower league clubs but the reality is if you look across the continent competitions which had two legs even I think the Spain and their cup up until recent years had two legs they've stripped them back through the pandemic and through the World Cup it's very difficult to see them come back so England's an outlier where they've got two cup competitions and until now replays in the FA Cup so I would be shocked if there wasn't some kind of financial deal found that would say hey on days like today Gillingham you'll get a few more quid but the possibility of a replay will be taken away yeah, Only for the third and fourth round you have the replays Now Aidan there's five matches that kicked off at half 12 Any goals so far? Yeah just the one game with goals in it so far It's just coming up to half time between Crystal Palace and Southampton An all Premier League encounter here and Otson Edward opened the scoring there uh, shooting past Gavin Bazzuno on 14 minutes but James Ward-Prowse has hit back for struggling Southampton and as I say that one just ticking into added time so it's Crystal Palace 1 Southampton 1 uh, All scoreless in in the other games as well we're watching the game between Gillingham and Leicester here that's scoreless so far scoreless as well between Preston and Huddersfield no goals between Reading and Watford and heading for half time between Tottenham and Portsmouth as well it's scoreless in that one so far um, the other big game will of course you heard Will mention there that the uh, lower league clubs are plotting some third round shocks this weekend but Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp says it's time to scrap replays it's one of the topics being discussed by the Premier League FA and EFL yesterday as part of plans to revolutionise the football calendar uh, ahead of Liverpool's clash with Wolves this evening uh, Kickoff in that one is at 8 o'clock uh, this evening also sees a Sheffield Wednesday attempt to get past inform Newcastle a London derby between Brentford and West Ham and there's another all flight top clash and that's Liverpool and Wolves Celtic also in action today Yeah they have a chance to go 12 points clear at the top of the Scottish Premiership this afternoon the defending champions host Kilmarnock at Parkhead from 3 o'clock In some other football news there France head coach Didier Deschamps has extended his contract until June of 2026 when the next World Cup begins He guided his country to the world title in 2018 but they were beaten in Qatar by Argentina in last month's final that's considered to be an all-time classic and it means that uh, Zinedine Zidane will have to wait to manage his country yeah, it's going to be since 2012 uh, Deschamps took over. That's a long run That's in international thing, football yeah. management. I can't think of many that are longer. It also means that Zidane is going to be quite a while out of football because it seems unlikely he's going to take a club job. By all reports, he's waiting to try and get the France position when Deschamps goes. For a guy with so much success with Real Madrid, it's remarkable that he hasn't gone into another coaching position. We're talking about this about the you know, late Gianluca Vialli yesterday where... 
his star as a manager burned very brightly very quickly and then Paddy Agnew was telling us on last night's show that in a way it was kind of classically Viali to take on a couple of jobs and then not manage at all and then reappears with the Italian team after the European Championships in the summer of 2021 as Mancini's right hand man. I wonder with Zidane how long will he actually wait for the France job but perfectly understandable that Didier Deschamps would get an extension beyond oh, he deserves an the extension. Euros with the way that they've played. It's up to him unless it ha- happens like Yogi Love that it just falls apart at the Euros in Germany. That would mm. be the only way you'd see Zidane coming in ahead of time. No and I think to be fair to the French Federation they didn't panic when they didn't have a good Nations League campaign ahead of the World Cup they knew that his goal was to have the team in the right place for the World Cup and he's proven that for tournament football for the best part Deschamps is quite a good manager so I can understand that Lionel Scaloni it seems is going to sign the deal till 2028 right. with Argentina as well so the two managers that got teams to the World Cup final are both going to be rewarded Colin Moani scores totally different conversation in a way but Deschamps staying yeah, yeah exactly uh, we'll move on to some rugby news then uh, Ulster looking to bounce back from last weekend's loss to Munster they're taking on Benison in the URC this lunchtime Dan McFarland Ireland sides to third in the table but have won just once in their last five games in all competitions. That game is underway in Treviso with uh, Ulster wing Robert Balakoon winning his 50th cap for his province and good news for him and them uh, they lead with 14 minutes on the clock. It's Ulster 7, Benison nil. Eric O'Sullivan has crossed over for a try and that was converted by John Cooney. Uh, so it stands Ulster 7, Benison uh, nil with 14 minutes on the clock there they need to get a big win in some of the other games today Mac Hansen and Finlay Bealham return for Connacht for their match against the Sharks in Galway that's a 5.15 kickoff. and Harry Byrne starts his first game of the season for leaders Leinster who are away to the Ospreys from 7.35 last night Munster moved up to 5th in the URC standings with a 33 points to 3 win over the Lions at Musgrave Park they built on last weekend's comeback win over Ulster to give themselves some good momentum as they head into the Heineken Champions Cup next weekend. John Hodnett was named the man of the match last night and speaking to TG Carr, he was happy with a dominant performance. John, uh, brilliant performance by the team uh, but fairly physical out there. The conditions were tough. What was it like? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, um, you know, they're, they're a big pack, they're big men. So um, I suppose just d- dealing with their physicality was probably the biggest part and I thought we did that quite well. Um, our defence was very good again, like, and, you know, we didn't con- concede a try, so that's massive for us as well. And, you know, even the sport here now, with the, you know, under the conditions tonight now, was savage. Yeah, even you talk about the conditions, but you look to play the ball in hand a lot. I'd say the ball wasn't kicked that much from you, so was that a tactic for the night? Um, yeah, yeah, I suppose we're just, we're just building on skills every week and um, just trying to get better and then bring it out to the pitch here now. So, yeah, it's just working on every week. Some young players coming in as well, and like uh, you're probably becoming more experienced. But see Scott Buckley coming off the bench uh, early on, and uh, the scrum under pressure. But you seem to fix that. Yeah, yeah. No, in fairness, Scott did unreal when he came on, like in the scrum or on the park, and, and, and in the lineups as well under under very tough conditions. Like so, yeah. In fairness, uh, Keen Hurley there as well. Like you know, a lot of lads back hand, but you know, you could name a few more. Like, but you know, unreal to see all the young lads. So it was Munster's John Hodnett there speaking after that 30-point win last night. And uh, Benison have just equalised against Ulster. So 16 minutes on the clock and it's now seven points apiece there in Italy. The Vodafone Women's Interprovincial Series gets underway this afternoon as well. Ireland Internationals Aoife Dalton and Dana O'Brien are among the 10 Leinster debutantes for their clash with Connacht at Energia Park. A kickoff there is at half past two. And then a little bit later, Munster and Ulster do battle. Munster defending their title at Musgrave Park from 4.45. Now he is buzz lads about the O'Brien Cup. Uh, 
pre-season, John. Uh, we've got to, you've got to pace yourself into the season when there's uh, seven or eight months of intercounty uh, still left now at this stage. But um, look, again, I was telling Aidan earlier on, I did get impulsively caught up and I bought the pass for all of the games in the Walsh Cup and the Auburn Cup uh, during the week. So Is this a pass to watch them on the stream or to yeah, go to the games? Yeah, to watch the stream. So I knew the pass? Uh, it was €40 Euro for all the games. Okay. Um, it wasn't cheap, but again, it was one of those things midweek. I was like, I'd like to be able to go back and re-watch them because you can re-watch the stream. So um, I'm a sucker. That's uh, dedication, Will. Stuff. Well, you see, there you go. I'm just trying to explain that maybe this is me and I'm possibly in a slightly different position to others. But um, Aidens County Wexford, I saw, are potentially going to sell out their game against Kilkenny in a couple yeah. of weeks' time in the Walsh Cup. So there is that interest level, particularly saying we're looking at the new regime in Kilkenny, going down to play against one of their rivals. It'll only be a couple of weeks before the league starts. So the, the first game under lights in yeah. Wexford Park as well. So that's that's definitely going to get people out and, and Michal Donoghue in the dubs hot seat now absolutely yeah he has his first ban- uh, game as the Dublin uh, hurling manager this afternoon last year's champions taking on Antrim at Parnell Park in the Walsh Cup from 2 o'clock there's five games at the same time in the O'Byrne Cup in football's competition having both opened with wins midweek Kildare take on Louth in Newbridge Offaly begin life under Liam Kearns by hosting Wicklow while Carlow make the trip to Longford Westmead play Wexford at the Downs while Navan is the venue for Meath against Leash now we have club action as well. Not a senior level, but at other level. Yeah, semi-finals day in the AIB All-Ireland Club Intermediate and Junior Football Championships. Feathered St. Moog's of Wexford play Kerry's Rathmore and Dunmore McHale's of Galway go up against Galbally Pierce's of Tyrone in the last four at Intermediate. The latter game there just about to get underway in about 10 minutes' time while Feathered Rathmore is at 2 o'clock throwing. While the junior semis sees Kerry's Fossa take on Castletown of Meath while Clifton of Galway come up against Stewartstown Harps of Tyrone. Uh, 53106 FA Cup Memories 1987 there's two different textures here it's not the same person so 1987 Coventry Spurs Keith Houchins diving header is a great FA Cup final memory uh, says Deck and 1987 FA Cup final Spurs versus Coventry won by diving header greatest FA Cup final by distance one of the worst days of my life I have to say as an 8 year old Spurs fan uh, when they lost 3-2 to Coventry so look and um, thanks for rubbing it in early doors um, golf wise we have uh, all the desire to be in Hawaii right now but we're not but Seamus Power is yeah we're cheering on the Waterford man from afar he's seven shots off the lead at the midway point of the tournament of champions in Hawaii he carried the second round 69 overnight and sits in a tie for 12th place at nine under par two time major winner Colin Morikawa takes a two shot lead into the weekend at 16 under par and the Los Angeles native is highly fancied to add to his major tally this year and he says he was happy with his play in the first tournament so far of the year Similar yesterday, pretty solid. Um, made some good putts. You know, obviously played a lot harder with kind of the wind and just the fairways rolling pretty fast. You know, you end up in a lot of spots where you're just going to end up in the rough. I mean, one, 13, um, 10 even. You know, it's, it's just, it's going to happen. And uh, you just got to play shots and kind of hit them to good spots. And thankfully we were able to take advantage of, you know, enough holes today to kind of keep that birdies going. Somewhat. Uh, I mean, the course is playing firmer than before, so you have to adjust on a few holes, but uh, just knowing, you know, kind of the, the normal wind direction that we've seen and I think that we're going to see over the next couple of days, uh, it just kind of allows you to go up to these tees knowing what to do and knowing where balls might end up and not getting frustrated that, you know, you're on one here and the ball's most likely going to end up in the rough. Yeah, I mean, even that first week at Mayakoba, um, you know, I thought I putted a lot better and a lot more consistent, even though that was the first week. Uh, I think it's just because, like, they've all been better changes, but they've all been really simple changes. You know, putting-wise, it's it's not like we're, I'm trying to think, like, 
perfectly take it back. You know, don't pull it in, don't take it out. It's just really take it back and hit the putt on the right speed. Um, and just little things, you know, just trying to get, just being more aware. And, and now I'm aware, you know, if, if I hit a bad putt out there, what what's the cause? Like, was it speed? Was it, you know, this or that? Like before it was just rolling the dice and guessing. So it, it's just, I have a little, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at ease now, you know, knowing if I hit a bad shot or a good shot, just what I'm doing. A lot of cream at the top of that leaderboard in Hawaii. So a very interesting season ahead on the PGA Tour. Uh, tennis to finish. Yeah, the first tennis Grand Slam of the year will be missing the world number one in the men's game. Carlos Alcaraz has been ruled out of the upcoming Australian Open. He picked up a muscle problem in his right leg during training for the event. The Spaniard didn't make the season-ending ATP finals and the Davis Cup after tearing an abdominal muscle at the end of last year either. Now remember, as you're binging on sport this weekend, folks, pick out your best performance the weekend, whether it's player, manager, even the ref, tune into OTB's Instagram page tomorrow evening Sunday leave your selection in the comments under our performance rankings post if your selection matches our topic live on Monday's OTBAM then you're the chance of winning a Gillette ProGlide razor skin guard shaving gel and ProGlide refill blades pack that is the Gillette Labs performance rankings for an effortless finish to your day predictions time Willow Callahan and Aidan Delaney okay let's go through rapid fire and listeners you can get a touch 53106 let's set up the year 2023 so excited about the radio and the sport we're going to bring you on off the ball on news talk over the year and on OTBA am as well uh, on our digital show during the week our breakfast show Willow Callahan Rugby World Cup France and how are Ireland going to do mm, they'll get out of the pool I think they'll lose in the quarterfinals unfortunately familiar story and Aidan uh, I think France but I think if South Africa beat France when they come up against each other I think it's, they're scheduled for a quarterfinals I think that opens it up for Ireland mm. uh, we have also the Women's World Cup yeah um, this is in football yes yeah I think Ireland I think will definitely get a win down in Australia I don't think they'll get out of their group and uh, it's probably set up for the US to actually win the tournament Yeah I think USA to win I hope Ireland get a result against Senegal particularly mm-hmm. um, again it's so important about the start you mean Nigeria games. or Nigeria sorry I think the Australia game is obviously an important way to try and kick off the tournament I wonder as well when it comes to the tickets just very briefly that we're selling yeah, yeah. 1,500 tickets 4% allocation I, I think a lot more Irish people will be in the ground because I think a lot more Irish people on the ground in Australia will actually get their hands on tickets I don't think it's going to seem as one-sided like the giant stadium yeah well, it'd be nowhere near as one-sided in the sands as it seems at the moment at least okay. I'm hoping that's the case the Champions League City finally no uh, oh. I think I think Real Madrid will do it again PSG oh, no <laughs> I just have a feeling, again, I, I don't know um, how it's all going to work for PSG second half of the season. Mbappe and Messi all hooking at the end of the... And look, there's a bit of a kind of a World Cup hangover for their three main stars yeah. for various different reasons because yeah. the way the World Cup finished up. But I think if PSG just get their house in order, I think they've got a better squad than they've had in recent years. This is one that's set up to actually potentially win the tournament. I think Galtier will set them up a lot less reserved than they were under Pochettino and... I think they might just get over the line this time. But a bit like Aiden, Real Madrid are always the one who probably aren't even talked about a huge it's amount. A, it's to get to the a safe bet, really. And I think yeah, the, their mentality when it comes to big games is just insane. Well, the Evangelotti as well is very yeah. good at this as well. Well, you have the bragging rights, Will, because you did predict Argentina. Um, Champions League, we've done Premier League, City? No, Arsenal. I'm, I'm what? Gonna, I'm going to put it in. I'm, I'm just, I think they've gotten this far and I think if they can manage to keep some of their, their stars fit, I think if Odegaard stays fit and I think if Thomas Partey stays fit, I can see them holding on. The next month is so important for Arsenal. And I don't have the squad, lads. I think their squ- the I squad. do think their squad is a little bit too thin. I think if they get squad. one or two, we're not even halfway through the season yet. But I, they still yeah, have a January transfer window. Just one more sign in. Just somebody like a, I don't know, a Cody Gakpo to come in there. Right. But. 
Well, no, not him, but obviously somebody yeah, yeah. like that. With I think Rick Larson type. I think City yes. will. I think City will reel them in. I think City will win it. Uh, All Ireland Championships. So don't tell me Wexford. No, I, I don't think uh, we'll, we'll get that far. But I do think the hurlers will have a good year under Dara Egan in his second term. Uh, I think Limerick are probably going to storm the hurling again, and I think Dublin might be a fancy to come back into the football. Limerick and Dublin in the men's I hate that you said Dublin because that was my thinking before you said <laughs> it I think with the players that Dublin have brought back in yeah. that has to make them serious contenders again and obviously the hurling, the hurling pod is back by the way tell us about the hurling pod hurling pod is back in I think a couple of weeks time we're going to do it um, we'll have a show definitely the week before the league gets underway with James Scale and with Paul Murphy I'm sure both James and Paul would agree with me that Limerick look reasonably unstoppable do you agree with the current them? season do I agree with them yep. they're unstoppable no. I, I think they'll be a bit like last year I think they'll ease their way into the year right. but there's no evidence so far to indicate to me that any of the contenders are close enough to Limerick to beat them in the championship albeit I'm looking forward to this year because of all the new managements and some of the changes that are around OK Quick, briefly ladies football Kamogi um, yeah I think I'd love to see Wexford coming back it's a bit stronger in the Camogie they've obviously been kind of there thereabouts for the last couple of years but I think it's Kilkenny's probably to lose in Camogie and uh, me they're probably starting the domination now uh, in the ladies football as well Mead obviously boosted by the fact that Vicky Wall is back yeah. that's the big news that we got a couple of weeks ago and I feel like that I think Kilkenny just above Galway in the Camogie Will we have Irish major winners in golf this year? Mm. And I said plural because Leona obviously as well Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see Leona do it. Um, I think Seamus Power will have a top five this year. Right. I don't think he'll he'll end up. Will Rory win a major? Home. I think he will this year. Okay. Not sure which one, but I think. He yeah, will. I think he might take a PGA or something like that. I, I can't see him in the Masters. And any surprise of the year? Anything to watch out for? Any sports star to watch out for? Um, probably Evan Ferguson is probably the one to keep an eye on for the mm. rest of the year now. Um, I, I can't think of anything else. Keep, keep an eye on both. Jack Crowley and Harry Byrne over the next while because mm. someone has to emerge as the third person to get yeah, in the game. Well, this is and the I think it's going to be one of the two of them that goes as the third out half. Okay, listeners, 53106. And just one more thing, the event you'd like to go to, if you could, if you the bucket list, if you the magic I'd, wand. I'd love to go down to Australia to see the women's team. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be just amazing. I'd like to go to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be against going to WrestleMania 39 in LA this year either if we're using sport in a slightly wider context. Term, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Super Bowl is what I'd like to go to. My plan, I'm definitely going to go to one in the next couple of years. The more you play with people, the more you get used to their position, you get used to their movements and obviously you build chemistry. Did it take long to build the chemistry with Shane Walsh then? No, it didn't take long at all. <laughs> Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts.